Hey guys, welcome to the kids table. This week we're watching 1995's Mighty Morphin, no, no G, apostrophe, mm -hmm. Power Rangers. Uh, summary is as follows. Based on a popular US children's action show. You know what, I don't think that's true. Yeah, we're already starting <laughs> off with a lie. Yeah. It was um, pretty popular, guys. No, I mean US. Well. We'll blow through it, and we'll, we'll address the in inconsistencies later. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> Based on a popular U.S. children's action show, this chop-socky sci-fi fantasy tells the tale of six courageous teenagers. Though they appear to be perfectly normal, they are, in reality, superheroes who are experts in karate. When a slimy villain attempts to take over the world, the kids must stop him. <laughs> Welcome to the kids table. Um, as you just heard, we are watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers this week. Uh, I'm Kendra, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, it's Matt. And uh, we are joined today by a guest to discuss Power Rangers with us, because between Matt and I, we have zero knowledge of this show. So we'd oh, like to- Don't set me up like that. I don't know anything either. Hey, resident expert here. Uh, <laughs> please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, what's up? I'm Victoria. How's it going? <laughs> so I know I know some things. I know historical things about Sendai shows, and also I have a lot of knowledge of Sailor Moon, which is definitely going to come up in the next, you know, discussion that we're having, hour-long, whatever, because, yeah, this show brings back a lot of weird 90s bad dub writing memories. Can and we can we set already the, more. <laughs> I would really love to set the stage... With what you just said, the sent like I don't know if I know what that is. Sure. Um, so the Power Ranger style, uh, I'm sure you've seen it in similar things on the internet, most notably Japanese Spider-Man. If you've ever seen like really weird images of Spider-Man where he's got like a giant robot and a weird bracelet and he's just like mm -hmm. you know karate chopping the air like a badass. Um, yeah, that was the very first Sentai show. Sentai shows are a thing in Japan that's they're sort of characterized by you know. Weird rubber monsters and guys in masks and giant robots. And so it started with Japanese Spider-Man and then I think the, the show that a lot of the original Power Rangers footage is ripped from uh, is... Oh, what's it called? It's like Super Sentai... And then there's a bunch of different names. It's, <laughs> it's kind of... It's similar to how Power Rangers operates now in the US where there's like a billion of them and they're all like... Some are ninjas, and some are, like, prehistoric dinosaur men, and some are, like, weird animals or fish or whatever. They were in space for a while, I believe. Yes, they were, were they in space always, for a while. Wasn't space, was space always involved, I, or were they human... Space was always involved, like, because their thing is on the moon. I remember that much. And But there was one that was, like, exclusively in space. Huh. Like, space police. And then there was one that was, like, <laughs> shogun, sort of, like, samurai aesthetics only. I yes. remember. Yeah, so I can't speak to whether or not all of those American shows also stole footage from Japanese shows, but the very first Power Rangers series, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, borrowed from one that was primarily like prehistoric dinosaur creature 
avatars, so that's why, you know, there's like a pterodactyl and a mastodon, maybe? I don't remember. Mastodon yes. sounds yes. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a saber-toothed tiger and all that. Stuff. So for yeah. the first couple of years, what they would do is they would take the footage from the Japanese show um, that had everybody's faces covered or had monsters in them, so they didn't have to spend money on, you know, actual uh, effects and action sequences, and then they would film uh, the American teenagers and that all that kind of stuff. Um, so for a while, I, I think originally Rita Repulsa was the Japanese uh, villain who was being dubbed over by an American, and then they, as the show got more popular, they started doing their own footage and sort of matching it up to the Japanese style, and that's where this movie comes from. It's all U.S. filming, but it's based on that style. So the key ingredients to, is it Sentai? What is it called? Yeah, it's S-E-N-T-A-I. The key ingredients to Sentai are powerful ninja teen people in suits, like power suits. Yeah, I don't even know if they're teens in the original, but they definitely are in Power Rangers. Um, and then in the kids' one that we watched, like, in the 90s, they were definitely teens. Yeah. They were always at a school. Yeah. Yeah, and they were doing, like, yeah, 90s teens versions of, like, cool stuff for, like, like rollerblading and skateboarding and, yeah. I guess, skydiving competitively <laughs> and, like, whatever they were doing in the Yeah, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I almost interrupted you when you were doing the description of the movie, because I'm sorry, I don't know how podcasts work. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, the idea that they're normal teenagers on the surface is ridiculous. I mean, I was a competitive stunt kite flyer when I was sorry, a teen. Sorry, what? Oh, yeah, I don't know what so that means. I wasn't in the air, but I was like doing like aerial thingies. Right, but did you do them with all of your friends in matching outfits? No, I wasn't. I was less cool. Like I did it with my dad. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, people make the joke about um, Sailor Moon, like, that she's wearing the exact same hairstyle and she's not wearing a mask, and so isn't it patently obvious that this is the same teenager who's now a superhero? But right. I don't know, it seems pretty obvious when you're with all your friends and one of you's wearing all pink and one of you's wearing all blue and one of you's wearing all red <laughs> and one of you's wearing all white, which never happens in the world. Uh, <laughs> they were so color coordinated and they wore the same casual clothes the entire movie. I kept like cringing so hard at uh, uh, what's the main guy, the guy in all white? Uh, Tommy. Yes, Tommy. Yeah. Oh my. Like, Tommy was supposed to be a heartthrob, by the way. <laughs> I remember that. And he was, right? He was. He was, like, in the show, too, wasn't he, for he, a long time? I guess he reminds... You know what? Yes, he was, he was the Green Ranger, and right. he was, like, maybe a bad guy, maybe not. I would oh. liken him to the Tuxedo Mask character, where you don't know what his angle is, <laughs> but you kind of want to maybe kiss him, except not actually for real, no. though. Um, and he's a little bit too old he was to be <laughs> hanging out with the high school girls in Sailor Moon. Way too old. And also, think of a better name. Because you have a mask and a tuxedo on. <laughs> it's just things that you're wearing. It's pathetic. <laughs> okay, back to back to Tommy, our our actual old man. He it was funny, like looking at him. He really reminded me and made me want to be watching Highlander. Oh, his hair is so silky smooth. It was just like he had a very Highlander aesthetic, and I just like would have rather been watching that '90s. But like franchise. The, the Highlander sequel, where they're aliens, it turns out. Yes, I knew that. Well, I mean the TV show, actually. I watched. Oh, oh God, that god awful fucking TV show? I, wa I watched a lot of bad syndicated <laughs> 90s sci fi, okay? I he watched had... all of Andromeda. Oh, cool. I didn't. I watched um, um, Farscape, though, which. That was such a genuine, like, oh, cool. I do like, I really think it's cool that you stuck with it. Uh, I saw all of Andromeda. Bless. I really liked Kevin Sorbo. He should have been, could have been in this movie. He could have. He could have shown up with Red Sonia and been like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Speak, okay, speaking of, I'm glad you called her Red Sonia. There's like, 
just a random they end up on a planet at one point we'll go in order in a second i just need to i just need to get this out there's a woman on this planet who shows up in a bra with like an australian accent she's a warrior she's lady. got like a sasha banks bra yes she is racy yes it's her children's movie but so i like looked at her and i was like there's no way this australian actress who was, like, doing this cheap sci-fi movie was never in an episode of Xena or Hercules. Like, it just seemed like it had to be a thing. She wielded those weird, like, mace staff things she was using pretty well. Yeah. Turns out, this woman was somehow never in an episode of Xena or Hercules. What do you, what do you know? I just, I feel like her agent was not doing their job. Lucy Lawless also Australian? New Zealand. New Zealand, damn it. But it's just, like, every, every, like, I don't want to say shitty, but, like, two-bit... Australian, British, or New Zealand actress was in an episode of Hercules or Xena. Who could like spin those? What the fuck were those things? That I don't she know. Had? They, they don't think they're real. They're they're space alien weapons. So, space yeah. sticks. <laughs> space sticks. Space sticks. Um, Matt, I know you love to go in order through movies, and I think you had a thing you wanted to. Open oh no! I, was, up I with. just wanted to comment on uh, Tommy's outfit. Of everyone has a muscle shirt. Every male character has cut off at the shoulders, muscle shirts on, and he has, like, a white sweat sweater, sweatshirt with, like, the sleeves cut off, but then it's loose, and then underneath there's also <laughs> a tank top. Yes. And then, like, white pants. And, uh, <laughs> and a necklace, I think, with a yin-yang on it. Oh, yeah, boy. It was just, the bile would rise in my throat, like, every time he came on screen. I'm like, this guy, I'd have, like, the biggest douche chills, like, seeing him walk around. But, no, I just wanted to read the Roger Ebert's little, uh, a little sentence that he said about this movie. And he did not like it. Uh, he says... What? Roger Ebert says, What depresses me inutterably <laughs> is that children who are fresh and inquisitive will go to this movie and for 88 minutes, the movie will do what it can to deaden their imaginations. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? I didn't... That's harsh. Yeah. I had very vivid... Uh, imaginings during this movie. Like, for example, I was really impressed with Ivan's commitment to workplace safety, and I wanted to know way more about that than I did about this movie. Yeah. We are getting way ahead of ourselves, though, for I sure. Mean, on kind of a serious note, though, like, the Power Rangers, I wasn't allowed to watch this show when I was a kid, but I knew enough about it that, like, we would go to school, and the Power Rangers made up a really significant amount of our pretend play on the playground. Like, that's just what we did. I think some of what, like, especially Roger Ebert considers to be, like, totally, you know, a dearth of substance is just actually a successful and simple formula for episodic television. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that you just go, like, yeah, they fight the rubber monsters, and, like, like there, there is never a story, like, really, like, um... No. And yeah, Ivan Ooze is really great. Oh I like Ivan Ooze. I was delightful. into that. Okay, so I do want to start at the beginning. <laughs> not, not at love. the opening crawl, you want to start it? Yeah. So there's, yeah, the Star Wars style text crawl. Yeah. Which I found this to be more, I found this to be superior to, like, it, like, I was like, I'm glad they just sort of, like, get it out of the way. It doesn't matter. Zordon, teens, right. uh, interdimensional being fighting for justice, and then they just start. Well, I think, and that's significant because now, like, they're remaking. The reason we decided to watch this movie for March is because the new one is coming out in March. Yeah, the dark reimagining yes. of uh, Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers. But um, every movie that's made now has to be an origin story. Like, there's yeah. no trusting the audience to be able to do research or to read and, like, jump in. Um, but what we're getting in March is going to be another origin. Whereas this one, it was just like, 
They're here. They're the Power Rangers. They skydive. Yeah, I was just like, this is better than Marvel, even, because, like, I just, like, they just start skydiving, and then immediately they find a monster in a construction site and fight it, and it's, uh... It's just you don't have to, like, find Captain America's shield and then, like, think <laughs> about being Captain America. It just all happens. <laughs> you think there should have been less thought put into being Captain America? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Everyone knows who he is. <laughs> also, do you think that the screenwriter had contempt or love for this, for the subject matter? Probably both. You think? Well, I, I just... From having seen other shows of the time period that were taking Japanese, uh, you know, footage and then dubbing over it or, like, writing around it and trying to be, like, cool for the, t- the kids, um, yeah, I think, I think you have to, like, kind of hate it a little bit, what you're doing, or just not care. Just be like, yeah, this is how teens talk. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell if he was having fun. Well, it's, there's, like, three writers on this thing, but I feel like... I couldn't tell if they were having fun by, like, making every teen, like, just go, like, yeah, rad, like, (laughs) awesome, and then the one-liners when they're fighting, and then just also the, like, placeholder idea of just, like, uh, fuck, I don't remember any of the, like, moon people's names, like. Um, I only know Zord, Zordon? Lord, Zordon is the the Professor X Oz big head man. Yes. And then... (laughs) Alpha is his, like, weird Danger Will Robinson buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the villains, uh, there's Rita Repulsa, there's Lord Zed? Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. then there's Flying Monkey and Pigman. Yes. Um, and I don't know their names. Bird I just, things? Are those the... He, uh, I had to look this up because I, growing up, was sure he was a flying monkey. Like, but... He's a wolf, right? No, he's, he's like, half a sphinx and half <laughs> a, like, a dog person, I think. Yeah, there is like an ancient alien. I should have written it. Da- yeah, I definitely should have written it down when my boyfriend explained it to me <laughs> the other night as we were watching. Because I was like, "You're sure he's not a flying monkey?" And he's like, "No." And then he googled it, and it went right out of my head I as I love, was saying it. We just like we have to have like Power Rangers mansplain to us because we just like don't get it. I mean, I'm not. I can't even I do it either. I don't. I don't know what to do. It's fine because I spent the entire movie mansplaining Sailor Moon to him, so right. it worked out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, so they start with the whole skydiving thing. Opens up with, like, a kind of, like, I was expecting a lot from the soundtrack after that, because they start with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack hard. is pretty good. It is. It's, like, in, in a so-bad-it's-good Suicide Squad kind of way. Like, yeah. it's just, oh, I just like hearing this. I like having an excuse to hear this terrible song. Yeah. It felt like point break at the beginning. Yeah. Like, and then the skydiving sequence was actually really cool. Right. Like, it was, like, probably... A large portion of their budget was just like getting the plane and like throwing people out of it and filming it. Uh, and then Chili Peppers kicked in, and I was on board. I was, I was very really, on board. I was really into it. Like I, I started with very high expectations for where this movie was going, and then once they land and they start um, doing their rollerblading '90s thing, I was also into it. I was like, okay. We're gonna have action and and more excitement. I did think that the vil- the bullies from the beginning were going to be a bigger deal than they ended up being. I guess they're from the show. I remember them. From they the are. Show. I don't remember them at all. So when I, I was writing down their names in my notes, I missed their names entirely, and I went with Bebop and Rocksteady instead. Which okay. exactly? Yeah, correct, I think their names are like Bunk and Skulk. Skull. Bulk and Skull. Skull. Okay. So I was yeah. close. Yeah. <laughs> Bunk. Like, like Bunk. there needs to be the amazing Bulk. Everybody. They're just the sort of obligatory like comic relief. They're the inept bullies uh, because 
the Power Rangers have no characters. <laughs> like they're just these like empty ciphers of human beings that are just like good people. I kept thinking that um, Kim Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, and then Tommy were supposed to have like a romance. Did you get yeah. that feeling? Yes. It was like very weak, but yeah, I did get it. Like, but they forgot. Like, like the writers were, just forgot. I definitely was like, they didn't kiss. I was definitely yeah. like, they didn't have I was very happy about that. I, I definitely thought that she was the best of all of them because yeah. I believed that she like was into it. Yeah. She had this very like Ariana Grande like, hey, what's up? I'm cute vibe. And I, I appreciated that. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, to be fair to Amy Jo Johnson, who plays the Pink Ranger, she's the one who's really kept working throughout the years. Like she had a stint, a long stint, I think on Felicity. She did, yeah. Um, she did some, she does a bunch of like the, the dramas shot in Canada that are only seen in Canada or on like PAX Channel 31. <laughs> no, wow. it's true. Like, no, she, I believe you. She's on like. It's work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would not be surprised if she showed up on like Lost Girl. Huh. Yeah. No one, okay, no I one. can't speak to that. Point B, it's, it's another Canadian You're show. That's the Vancouver no shot stuff where yeah. Vancouver plays every well, city. Well, that's on the, the thing. Not Vancouver. I'm talking like. The shit that's shot in like Toronto and Calgary. Oh boy. Yeah, like no, because Vancouver is where you get all your your CW and your your real shows. <laughs> anyway, so, so we, have we gotten up to ooze yet? Have we gotten up to? Let's do let's it. Just it, go it to all right. Ooze, yeah. it's, it is like ten minutes in that you get ooze. So yeah. I liked ooze. He was pretty fun. Yeah. So, because what, what is the name of their town? Grove. Something? Angel Grove. Angel Grove. Where is Angel Grove? Australia. California. Is it? Oh. It is. Oh, well, look at it. <laughs> is it California or is it Australia? Why would it be Australia? I just don't have Australian accents. I thought I heard a bunch of like, like character actors like or like bit people like suppressing Australian. Oh, accents. see, I thought that was Canadian. Like I thought those were Canadian accents. It's a good instinct, but it. I think it's yeah. It the be. default is California, especially. When you go, when they all went to the other planet and it was also California, like yeah. it was, I just assumed California. Oh wait, I thought the other planet was very akin to, um, the place where Ray goes to find Luke. Yeah. Oh no, I was <laughs> thinking, I was thinking. I was thinking Star Trek, especially when they got up to that podium and it was basically just a muck time. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> yeah. The, I was all excited for them to go to another planet and then I was very excited <laughs> the whole time. Wait, that was like expecting like Riza or something. Matt <laughs> <laughs> like, doesn't know what Riza is. No. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you guys are outdoing me. It's all good. Um, anyway, Ooze. What were your thoughts on Ooze? Well, it's like Jumanji. Like they find him in a construction site because he was like shallowly buried, <laughs> like under like uh, whatever Grove, Angel Grove, whatever it's called. I already forgot. And. Uh, <laughs> And then they open it, and Ivan News comes out. <laughs> That's it. I, but didn't you, you like you liked his character? Like he reminded me. In fact, in first at first when I was watching it, I was like, "Is this the guy who played Lorne on Angel?" It wasn't, but he reminded me a lot of Lorne. He was in Indiana Jones. I forget what the, which character he played, but he was also. Um, the Reverend in Hot Fuzz. Yes, that's what I remembered him oh, from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's apparently, like, a very famous British character actor. Oh, I mean, he bought character to Ooze. He, Ivan Ooze is the best thing in the whole movie. Yeah, right. Oscar Isaac could take some lessons. Yes. Is Oscar Isaac playing? Oh, no. No, because I'm making a... an apocalypse joke. Yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> it's literally just apocalypse. I got really excited for a second thinking that Oscar Isaac was going to play Ivan Ooze in the remake. Oh, man. Wouldn't oh, that be special? The return of Ivan Ooze, Power I mean, Rangers 2017. When you think about it, he already kind of did. He did. You're he right. did. You're very, very right. I didn't see that movie. Was he totally he was dead? Blue well, and... he was, like, very... I, I kind of loved his apocalypse performance, actually, because... <laughs> 
it was he was making deliberate choices and mm-hmm. he was just very like walking up to mutants and being like I will make you beautiful you are my special children and like just giving yeah. them punk makeovers and yeah I like that <laughs> I have never been more angry about spending $13 on a movie <laughs> I was so mad when oh, I came out of that movie. I liked it. I, I thought, thought it was funny. I thought Ivan Ooze was potentially played by the guy who plays Freddy Krueger. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very Edlin? similar, like, yeah. quippiness. Yeah, with Robert Edlin, is that his name? Something like that. Yeah. Right in. If we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> My one issue is with Ivan Ooze is that for him to ascend to power, he had to stuff Rita Repulsa in a snow globe, and she's the best, yeah. so I was very mad about I that. I was a little shocked to see her sidelined for the movie, because she... she I remember her her and her, like, clay ninja creatures from the show. The putties, yeah, playing such a big role. Well, I think that's part of the, like, raising the stakes thing in the screenwriting, you know, (laughs) one another. It's like, like, we need something that's even scarier than Rita Repulsa and uh, Lord Zed. Uh, So then Ivan is, we know that he's... He's even more dangerous. Um, my favorite, or I guess one of my favorite Ivan Ooze line, but his first one was, smells like teenagers. That's a pretty good one. I really enjoyed it. I also like What's liked... that awful smell? Teenagers. <laughs> it's I... very breathy and good. Yeah. I also noted it. It was good. Um... I, I also loved the line towards the end where I think he was already in his giant robot. <laughs> and he was like, I love the smell of destruction in the evening. And I'm like, yeah. that's not even the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like, that's what I said. Like, the screenwriting is so good. Because, like, it's just like, the guy, this is where I thought that maybe the guys just hated the movie they were writing. Because they were just like, oh, I am the enemy of all that is good and just. Like, unimagined. They just use like, the worst cliches to describe, like, the combat. I really like how your Ivan Ooze just became Bane. <laughs> I think that, I think that's a Lord Zed line, though, because I almost wrote that one down. Yeah, he's like, I am the enemy of all that is just right. and good. Because they, they're the ones that open Ivan Ooze up, because they're like, hey, he's a bad guy, we're a bad guy, let's be best friends and make friendship bracelets. And <laughs> so they show up and they're like, cool, what's up? We're enemies of good, and so are you, it seems like. So what are you up to these days? <laughs> and then Ooze is like, nah. <laughs> and Ivan Ooze has his own plans. Yeah. Um, and those plans involve... Silly putty. The destruction of the Ooblek. universe. Yes. No, I meant at first, like, fighting Power Rangers almost immediately. Yeah. At which point, you can really tell, like, which Rangers are doing stunts and which ones are not. <laughs> like, that was, like, kind of the first time when I was like, oh, that black one's not really doing... Oh, did we mention the fact... Okay, wait, did we talk about this on air? No. Okay, so... I, my memories, I always wanted to be the yellow ranger on the playground because I liked her. I didn't like the skirt that the pink ranger wore. Mm. I knew she was Asian. Like, I had a very clear memory of this woman being Asian. And then suddenly a black girl showed up, which I was totally cool with, got me really into the movie. (laughs) But was, I was very confused. And so I had questions about, like, if this is a show, if this movie was supposed to be based on the show and, like, draw kids in that way... Had this been explained on the show prior to the movie? I think it had. I think they had switched up casts. I don't know if they explained it necessarily, but I think they had definitely switched up some actors here and there. Because okay. Kimberly was an original one, and then I think the red one, maybe, and Tommy? Yes. Tommy, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the because we were joking before that they just switched the races of the two rangers that were really stereotypically assigned to their colors. Like, they had the black ranger being the, the black guy, and the Asian ranger being the, the yellow one. And then in this movie, it's reversed. Yes. <laughs> yes, and and they just dusted off their hands and problem solved. Yeah. Like they just guys, they, the Black Ranger's Korean now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's also a frog. 
Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions about Zordon's agenda? <laughs> I... Like, I sort of was trying, I was like, he sucks, he's weird. Like, well, I... he's like the Dumbledore of the power. Yeah, Rangers. he's like the <laughs> Professor X. He's the paternalistic, like, go do the thing because I told you to. Yeah, and like, I'm gonna put these children's lives in danger no matter what. Just and Ivan News has a line about that where he's like, oh, Zordon's still around making teenagers do his dirty work. Great, cool. And I was like, this is awesome. Let's do more of this. Let's yeah. get real Zodiac Star Force into it and just like... <laughs> Explore that shit. I, cause like I, like I started getting more into the mythology, and I was like, ex I was like writing the new Power Rangers movie in my head, where I was like, obviously Zordon has to be the villain in the new one. Cause is Zordon like, in the new one? I he is. He's Brian Cranston. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like I mean, that. The movie's looking like the movie's shaping up. It's looking pretty good. I like <laughs> see some trailers. I'm like, <sighs> the trail. Okay, I the last two-minute trailer I think that came out, like, I got very into it. I'm not gonna lie. I was excited. But Zordon is an interdimensional being who has to stay in a crystal chamber in order to not age, and he orders people, these, he orders kids to do his bidding and fight evil, and then we meet Dulcea, and this is where it started my chain of thought, mm. where she also can't, she's, like, trapped on Phaeton, and she can't leave or she'll age. And I'm like, she knows Zordon and they seemed like they fought together or something and I was getting just really interested in like why are they trapped and why are they like preserving their life and they seem maybe a little cowardly and like status quo enforcing. Well when she wouldn't when she wouldn't leave, my note was like, Oh, I don't wanna age, so y'all are on your own. Like that was really how Would that you wanna came. lose that body? I that they show so generously to young children. I was really hoping to bring it back to Zodiac Star Force again, which is a really good comic and you should all pick it up. It's great. It's very very much based on this idea, a little more Sailor Moon than Power Rangers, but um, <laughs> where the villain in that is a former, you know, Zodiac Ranger who got cast aside for like not being good enough or whatever by the the Zordon character. And so when Dulcea showed up, I was really hoping she'd be that because oh. I thought that would be really interesting. And when she first says Zordon's name, she says it with like a little bit of a bite. She yeah. was like, Zordon? You guys are friends with Zordon? Cool, let me help you out. And it was like, no, I wanted, like, tension. Yeah, anything. But, yeah. you know, we've got to move at a clip, and the movie has no fat on it. Yeah. There's, so I, what happens is Ivan Ooze, like, attacks Zordon and destroys his power, I guess. So the Power Rangers can't transform anymore, and they have to go to a new planet to get a new great power, which is basically just the same power, but with different animal attachments. And, and it's just called the power. The yeah, power. It's, it's the great power. Um, I also want to point out, because I'm going to make a log of every Sailor Moon notice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, when they show up to Zordon, like, he, he's, you know, suspended in that thing, but then the thing breaks, and so he's kind of just lying like a prosthetic mess in a bed of crystals. I yeah. wrote Baby Yoda Man. Which was, <laughs> like, I wasn't... it reminded me of, um, when E.T.'s sick at the end of E.T. Like, I remember being a little kid and seeing that, and uh, it really disturbed me that he was, like, getting older and dying in a bed of crystals. It was an image that stuck with me. Yeah, him. and the, the bed of crystals was interesting because it looks exactly like the bed of crystals that Neo-Queen Serenity is suspended in in the second <laughs> season of Sailor Moon, and I don't know whether that's intentional, like, whether they just saw, like, something pretty and went, oh, let's do that, or if there's, like, a Japanese... Uh, symbolism that they're both cribbing on. I don't know, but I thought it was fascinating. Do you think there's some? Do you think there's Japanese symbolism with crystals? Probably, because they love it in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think there it was bad Japanese symbolism or just use of the Japanese language when they instead of just saying the word ninja, 
said ninjetti. Yeah, so when they get to the Great Planet, Red Sonia shows up and she's like, cool, I'm going to help you out. Here's like mini powers so you can get to the place where you can get the real powers. And so now you have become ninjetti. Yeah. It's, it's like ninja spaghetti. Just And also, why, is it like, is so is like weird ninja Japanese culture like a, like alien culture? Like, is it it's like, it's like cosmic sam like ninja. I don't. It probably makes more sense in Japan. Yeah, there's oh. probably some translation thing we're not understanding. Also, also, you know how they find their animal totems on Phaeton? Yeah. Yes. Why are they earth animals? Oh. Why is she an earth animal? She's an owl, also. Yeah, yeah. what's going on? She turns on? into an owl, like like Professor McGonagall. She just, like, <laughs> nopes on out of there. It just, I had a lot, okay, can I, can I weave a weird theory? Yes. Um, I got really, <laughs> again, I got interested in my own idea, which is that, like, okay, so there's these all these, like, earth animals... And Ivan Ooze is, it's 6,000 years after his previous reign. He says that. Which is what the creationist timeline is for, like, huh? fundamentalist Christians. Uh-huh. But would it he, have still been 6,000 years in 1993? 1995? What, I mean, I'm fudging it a little bit. Okay. It's, it's always 6,000 years. It's been 6,000 years since the <laughs> Snopes monkey trial. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. Okay, that's true. It's always that. Because <laughs> it's not based in reality. No, it's not true. <laughs> anyone and i'd love to lose the listeners that think that <laughs> listen uh, we gave the prince of egypt a very good review yeah uh so i was wondering if ivan ooze was like the primordial ooze or something like that and like w- humans and stuff are actually like morphological beings that like grew from it and then that like like maybe zordon when they were fighting each other like they were like planet seeders and like so there was once Mars was once Earth, and then there's that idea that, like, it died in, like, a battle, and then, like, the aliens just moved to Earth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. Anyway, I just feel like <laughs> maybe we're aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, my gosh. I was just, re- I was really reaching to find, like, interesting ideas to put into this movie while I was watching it, because it is really <laughs> just, like, a bunch of kids in suits fighting. Yeah, yeah fighting something. monsters. Yeah, it, it didn't have, like, I was all into, like, kids fighting fighting battles when I was younger. Like, I love the Animorphs, but the anim- Animorphs had way more, like, emotional, like, They had tugging. relationships. Oh, yeah, so, they, like, those yeah. books are fucked right the hell up. Oh, my God. Once you get into the 40s The horrors shit, of war. When they start, like, turning disabled kids into Animorphs and then just letting them die, like, that shit's really... What? I did not get that far into it. Shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's oh a lot. I mean, that's a story for... Another is that time. K. Applegate? Who is that? K. Applegate. Yeah. yeah. And her team of ghostwriters. Yes. She <laughs> has a couple other series worth checking out, too. Everworld. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I had a I had a minor bone to pick with the, the middle of the movie and the Nijeti stuff, and I wonder if it's because their faces were only partially obscured, so they had to actually be the actors. Because in the first fight scene where they're fighting... Um, Ivan Ooze sends, like, a bunch of henchmen who look like Clifford from Muppets Tonight, and they all, <laughs> they descend on the Power Rangers, and the fights are really good. Like, they're, there's a lot of kicking. It's very kick-heavy for some reason, but yeah. it's, like, mostly great, and it's, it's very... It's heavy too. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you don't ever get a sense that, like, one ranger is better than the others, or that one needs to be rescued more than the others. And then, when you get to the Ninjetti stuff, and they're fighting in, like, the Legends of the Hidden Temple yeah. set piece, and... There's multiple parts of that where the female characters very specifically need rescuing. Yeah. And it was really weird because the movie hadn't been doing that up to that point. And I wonder if it's because 
they just weren't as good acrobatically? So I, I don't think that's true because Aisha, I do believe, because she was new and I could tell even earlier during the first fight with Ooze, she wasn't up to par with doing the stuff until her face was covered. And mm -hmm. then like, or like whenever they were showing her flipping, it was like blurry face turning in the air sort of thing. Oh, you mean her, but the actual actress? The actual actress, yeah. yeah. But then Amy Jo Johnson, like she's been, she had been on the show for seasons at that point. And before she got on the show, she was a professional gymnast. Ah. So like her background, she would like specifically was picked for that background. So she had stunt, she could do stunt stuff. So then it was more likely that it, like they were trying to raise the stakes in this fight scene and they needed some people to be in trouble and who's the most likely person to be in trouble? The girls, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, mean, it, I like, think just straight up, yeah. And I think, and also like part of me still wonders like if they were at one point trying to write a romance for uh, Kimberly and Tommy and thus that's why she kept having to be saved by Tommy. And then they just forgot to follow through. Right. Well, no, I think that I think that was the romance, but it was just super, super tame. Right. And they wanted, I don't know if they're like, if you want to see if they're gonna kiss, I guess you just have to keep watching the TV show and then maybe buy the action figures and make them kiss or whatever. Yeah, they're still <laughs> doing the office style, like will they, won't they? Just milking that tension yeah. for as long as they. I can. mean, it makes the movie pass the Bechdel test. Is that I right? guess so. I think this movie. Passes the well. well no, wait. they never talk to. They never talk about anything. They're totally yeah, empty right. human beings. They're just like we gotta help Zordon, and then they're just fighting. Well, is there? Yeah. I mean, you could argue that the Bechtel test is achieved when Dulcea comes up to any of the female characters and is oh, like, true. "Here is your animal guide. You're a bird. <laughs> yeah. Be a bird." You're a crane. <laughs> the animals were so random. Yeah, she again. <laughs> The South Korean guy was a frog. Oh, God, that was the best part, because so she's going down the line, and she's like, you're going to be a wolf because you're a loner or whatever, and you have the drive of the wolf, and you're going to be a crane because you're very balanced or whatever. And she comes up to the Black Ranger, and without even, like, immediately he goes, I'm a frog. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't remember what she said to try to make him feel better, but that was very much the tone of that part she, of the scene. She so obviously, like, wiggled out of explaining why that was good because it was definitely just lame and then she like went on to the next person she's like yes and he can leap quite far and she sort of like slinks away from him like really quickly I just anyway Tommy you're a falcon yeah because yeah. you're brave and swift that's like when you just continue to feel bad for like Asian men in Hollywood who like can't seem to do anything but be like portrayed as emasculated yeah it's like that sucks because you're a frog like you're a frog you're a frog you're, dude just, you're a frog you're a frog <laughs> you're a frog you can't be you, you can't be the iron fist and you're a frog yeah like it reminded me there's this bit that you can't um, be iron fist you <laughs> and when you get your Zord and you fight Ivanus at the end, you also don't the only one who doesn't do anything. Oh my god! Oh god! He's like there's, Harry Kim on Voyager. <laughs> Sorry. There so there's are so this many old bit. Thus far. There's this old uh, bit that Pat Oswalt did in a, a comedy set, like maybe three or four albums ago. I haven't really been following his stuff recently, but he has this bit about going to California Adventure with his kid and seeing the sort of, like, find out your spirit guide section of this one cave exhibit, and all the kids go up and it tells you what animal it is. And there's a kid that went up in the story he's telling who gets to be a skunk, and then immediately all the kids start making fun of him. And his theory is it's because Disney knows that some kids just have to be broken down mentally so that they can keep hiring animators. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you just need you just need some kids who are just like yeah I'm a skunk whatever I'll work overtime it's fine I'll I'll draw your things <laughs> and so they just need to keep hiring those kids. 
Yeah, you need I'm, to keep churning out like emotionally broken people <laughs> if you're gonna have a creative like underlife to anything. Kind of, kind of like Matt, and we're actually gonna go to break now so that Matt can go pick up his self esteem and I can ruin it a little bit I more. I need more of my beef patty. <laughs> Sorry, what? Disgusting. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> hey guys, you know the drill. Email us at kidstablepod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us with your questions, complaints, concerns at kidstablepod. Hope to hear from you soon, and now back to the show. Rangers! Zodan's in trouble! That's all I have. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, uh, thanks for listening. We're back at the kids' table. We're back with Matt and Victoria, and we are still discussing the Power Rangers. <laughs> and, or, I'm sorry, Mighty... Morphin. Morphin, apostrophe, Tom, power. Rangers. You have yeah. to do the guitar like too. You gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, actually, I think it's Billy says, um, you don't miss Morphin until you can't do it anymore. At which point I realized they really do mean Morphin. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's a contraction or what is it? It's a contract. Uh, Let's not worry about okay. it. Well, it's a mistake is what it is. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <That's laughs> dialect error. Um, so there's one a plot point here we haven't touched on yet. Um, we've talked a lot about Ivan Ooze, but not about what Ivan Ooze is actually doing. Yeah, what, what's he about? That's a <laughs> good question. What's his motivation? Ivan Ooze is the greatest evil threat to the universe. Mm-hmm. I think is like some sort of vaguely how he was described. He's a morphological being, aka a like shapeshifty ooze person. Still humanoid though. Humanoid in final form. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool character design, actually. Yeah, I liked him. He had uh, he had beard tendril, uh, chin, chin tentacle, chin tentacles. Yeah, tentacles. Tentacles. Yeah. That sounds like the stuff that you put in dogs' balls after you neuter them. <laughs> Wait, they're, like called they're called nudicles. They're called nudicles. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Are they just like the little silicon version? So you just—they're just... called nudicles. That's all I know. <laughs> You're gonna miss the heft, and you need you need something. Anyway, okay. um, so news has a plan to be evil. <laughs> we're really uh, getting right into it, aren't we? We're just like we don't know how to start. Well, it, because it involves like parents, and I think that I think so. I think the parent must touch the ooze, and I think that the ooze only affects the parents and not the children. But wait, well, wait, 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 yeah. We're getting way ahead okay, of ourselves. Sorry. So what what happens first is he shows up. Again, in a very Sailor Moon style plot to just give away free shit to kids that's going to ruin their lives. So he rolls up in like weird, like white face makeup. <laughs> like he's not human. He still is demonstrably not human. Right. Yeah. And he shows up like, hey kids, here's Ivan's ooze. It's the new toy. And it's like oobleck, I guess, or whatever. And it looks like yeah. a blob. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like, here's it is in a jar and just take it home. Take it. Please take it. Oh my God. Go make some newspaper prints with it. Right. Yeah. And so all these kids are like, yeah, sure. Like they're not even super into it. They're just like, it's free. Okay. Yeah. His um, pitch doesn't land. And then <laughs> for, but for what, but then he says, I'm just going to give it to you for free. And then the kids are... They start screaming. Which that's... Don't ever accept free things from anybody. You you pay for your shit. Because then it's free, it's going to suck out all your energy and give it to Queen Beryl and Rita Repulsa or whoever. Yeah, it's going to make you a slave. Yep. Yep, that's how that works. Which is what happens. Um, For some reason, the dad decides to play with the... So, the kid bring... One kid... Well, I haven't... uh, Yeah, so... One kid brings the ooze back home. Yeah. We we follow this child back to his, his house. He leaves the ooze on his kitchen table... And then for some reason, the dad just decides to play with the gack. He come home. He come home and he just opens it and touches it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just like woo, and then he's a slave. 
Because mostly, I think, because let's not waste time. We had to move. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And oh, my favorite was uh, th- the time frame of this happening is so weird because clearly people are noticing that people have gone missing, but only parents because there's a news thing that I think the kid sees that is like a, a news reporter going like, this just in, all the parents are missing. And it's like, what? Who yeah, says? what kind of news report is that? <laughs> a childless one. And also, everyone had to touch the ooze. So, like, I would have loved a lot more scenes of oh, you want why, why or how the parents are getting in contact with the ooze. Right. Oh, like, it, it, oh, why the fuck is my child playing with this shit I told them not to get in the car? Right, yeah, that <laughs> would have been a way better, like, if the kid was playing with it and left it out and the parents were like, oh, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Like, that. I've, I've been sales pitch on the boardwalk when he's pretending to be human and has white face on uh, <laughs> and, like, a wig and shit uh, is he's telling the kids that they need to force their parents to touch the ooze. Like, he's just like, take this and just make your parents touch it. Like, just rub it on uh, them or yeah. throw it at them. They'll be so gross, they'll hate it. Uh, or yeah. whatever. Um, so then all the parents, like, get mind-wiped or whatever, and they show up to Ooze's factory? Well, no, they... It's yes. the quarry. It's the- oh, it's start- yeah, it starts with the quarry because they're trying to find pieces of his robot MacGuffin. Yeah, what is it called? What is that thing called? It's a robot. Ectomorphic tech... Uh, fuck, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. What is it? It's not a Megazord. It's not a Zord, because the Zords are what the Power Rangers have. Oh, okay, okay. But it's like an anti-Zord. It's Zord-like. It's a giant robot. It's a giant robot bug. Right. Um, Man, Pacific Rim was so much better. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Um... I would argue that Pacific Rim is just as boring. It's just like no, wait, take that back. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) How dare you? Wait, you you don't like Pacific Rim? No, I don't. Oh. You know what I do like? Uh, the fact that when all the parents show up to Ivan Ooze's quarry, they're all wearing matching hard hats and little purple vests. Yeah. Like they're a real construction crew. Because <laughs> it's cute. It's hilarious because later, after they find all the stuff, then they end up in the factory for some weird reason, and they're still wearing all the same safety equipment, but it's very clear that Ivan Ooze does not care about the well-being of his workers because then he orders them to all jump off a, a cliff. And well- Cliff is so generous. He orders them to jump to their doom, very specifically, to their doom. It is a dark, like, the cliff is not sufficient to kill anybody, but it is a dark idea that he would just have them Mm lemming-like fall to their, make them commit suicide. But, like, why are they wearing hard hats then? (laughs) Obviously you don't care. You just so don't, you is tell. it just that yeah. you don't want to slow down production? Is it's that what it is? It's art direction. It's you, like, you have to know that they work at a construction site. And also, <laughs> it's, it's probably for Ivan's security. Like, he just, so he can just tell. Like, he doesn't have to, like, Oh, yeah, that track. one's mine. <laughs> yeah, no, that guy's mine. He's got his little helmet on. Do ballet. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that scene was ridiculous. He makes, like, a fat blue-collar worker guy <laughs> do a little dance. And, oh, my God. Dance for me. So 90s. Oh, God. It's very 90s. So they're excavating his uh, death robots. Yes. That's the plan. Right. And then once they finish doing that, they kill themselves. Right. <laughs> it takes them a while to get there, too. It's like, he goes, okay, jump to your doom, and it's definitely daytime in the factory, and then we don't see them again until after the third act battle sequence ends, I feel like. I lost track of time. Yeah. There's a monorail, too, and I forget Oh, God, why, yeah. Why well, cause the kids, Because the kid oh, yeah. rallies all the kids who are playing with uh, ooh, is like just hanging out with no repercussions or whatever, and he's like, "What the fuck? Your parents are missing." Yeah, like no. guys, guys. That, that might have been when I tuned out and started playing Stardew Valley on my other computer. <laughs> <laughs> it gets real boring and like, like, sort of like 
mixed up. Like, there's the A and B stories sort of intercutting. Yeah. And neither of them are particularly engrossing. No. Yeah. So the kids all, the kids and then Bunkit Skulk, or whatever their names are, um, roll up in the monorail, and so there's a scene where the monorail's out during the giant robot battle, and Tommy uh, becomes part of the track and, like, lets them go across. Oh, is that how that was all? Yeah, that's the only time those two stories interact, I think, at all. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there's (laughs) not much to say. I'm trying to think, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, nah. Uh, This movie was, I can't believe this was a thing that, like, we enjoyed. I don't know if I even really did. Well, it's funny because I was having fun up until the robot scene, and yeah. the CGI is so bad mm-hmm. that it just, like, it, it was funny for the first few moments as you're digesting what's happening. Like, oh, we're doing this now. We're doing really, really terrible CGI. Like, so bad. Okay. And then... It, it kept going. Yeah, it kept going, and it just became really sad because I started thinking about the vague sense memories I have of watching Power Rangers as a child, and... Those were all practical effects because they were stolen from Japanese footage, and it was a lot of like weird, like miniatures and rubber monsters, and you know, like the the Zord was like a guy in a costume. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that probably didn't look any better, but it was at least like there's heart in that, you know. But even like even if you weren't gonna do practical practical effects, this movie came out in '95. Like I'm thinking. Like, specifically of the opening credits for, like, Deep Space Nine, which had better CGI in that 30 seconds than, like, we saw at any point during this movie. Or, like, when did that show uh, reboot happen? It did look very reboot, yeah. I think they were Mm -hmm. similar uh, time frames. So, I mean... But the thing about reboot is, like, it's all CG, so when the lighting effects don't quite work on a figure... (laughs) And it looks like it doesn't exist in any sort of reality that we can comprehend. Like, it's a little more forgiving because it's like, well, everything looks like that, so it's fine. Yeah. I feel like, because Toy Story came out that same year. Yeah, 95. So I feel like um, maybe there was some weird studio pressure to be like, get the CGI in there. The kids love it. They're like, the kids need their CGI now. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, some, I don't know. Like, you're, I, I, I agree with you, though. It looks terrible. Oh my it's, god, it's so bad. It's really... I'm trying to figure out now, like, when exactly when this year, when in the year 95 this actually, like, showed up and debuted. <laughs> but like you said, like, it's just sense memory. I, I, I watched a couple episodes of Power Rangers. It was too... It was too procedural even for me as, like, a little kid. Like, I enjoyed seeing what the um, monster design was. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I saw it, I was, like, ready to turn it off. Because, like, they fight it, it beats them up, they get in the Zorb, and then then it grows bigger because, uh, what's-her-face, throws the staff down at it, remember? Rita. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rita Repulsa, is that her name? She, Ma- yeah, make my monsters grow. Yeah, make it grow. And she throws oh, yeah. her staff, and then it gets big, so it's the same size as the Zord. And they fight, and then it usually slices it with its sword, and it flies over a horizon, and then you just see an explosion. Yeah, I remember that. And that's every single Power Rangers episode up until the movie. Yeah. yeah. I can't complain about episodic shit, because as we've been discussing this whole time, I am super into Sailor Moon, and that's all the same stuff. Yeah. It's all the same animation. Yeah. It's pretty great, though. It's sparklier. Yeah. So they, There's a lot more girl power. And, and Sailor Moon, they get their power from the moon? They're from the moon? <laughs> well, one of them is, yes. Uh, do, do we want it? Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon? Well, yes. Then the, then the other ones have the other planet names, right? Yes. 
And they get their energy from the celestial bodies. Uh, well, so the, do we want to really get into this? Do we want to talk about something completely different <laughs> than the Power Rangers? to talk about Power Rangers. We'll, we'll get into I can talk about this. <laughs> oh, Well, because the thing with Sailor Moon is it was very much deliberately a ripoff of the thing that Power Rangers is also a ripoff of. Because uh, the creator of Sailor Moon, like, created this one character and then her editor was like, cool, what if we did, like, a whole team of space fighting girls? And she went, yes. And that's that's exactly where it's from. So it's all the same, like... Just the same idea of, like, yeah. teen yeah. teams right. fighting cosmic threats. I, yeah. yeah. I, Queen Barrel and Rita Repulsa are basically exactly the same in that they're both, like, older women with weird outfits who have henchmen who suck. <laughs> and it's... And it's, and it's well, you mentioned Common Rider, too, which is the other yeah. thing that's really yeah. cool. But that's more like Lone Wolf Teen... I, I don't know. Monsters. I Maybe? remember that because we had to sh- we had to watch an episode of that in like some cinema studies class I took. Super Common Rider. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I mean, I'm just I think I'm just not into like this stuff. Like, yeah, I had to pretend in middle school like to like anime so that my friends would like me. Mm. Um, and I just like wasn't <laughs> into it, and still I'm not into it. Weird position. To <laughs> no one's ever had to like anime so they could be popular. <laughs> No, that's the thing. It wasn't to be popular. It was so that my unpopular friends would like me. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. I also yeah. want to bring up, um, if you do like Sailor Moon and you are into Power Rangers and you're totally cool with just really, really terrible production, but also um, s- secretly hidden like awesomeness there within, um, there is a live-action Sailor Moon that is like straight-up Power Rangers from Japan. It's from like 2002, 2003. Um, it's bonkers. It's great. <laughs> And, but, but, like, if you really like Sailor Moon, like, there's a lot of really interesting character choices that they make that are very different than other adaptations of that series that make it super interesting from a character perspective. Um, so if you can get past the fact that, like, the, their CGI transformations are, like, oh, they're so bad, and then instead of a cat, they hang out with a talking plush cat because they didn't want to hire a real cat. <laughs> Amazing. So I, it's a stuffed animal that's sometimes a puppet and is sometimes CGI. It's so bad. Um, before we like go to break and then um, come back and give our like final roundups of the film, I just I really need to go back to one point that we just kind of we really glossed over too quickly. Matt, what is your problem with Pacific Rim? No, I don't. We can't do this right now. It's too. <laughs> I, I've I've had this conversation. I've had this argument with. Pat too, who is also a huge fan, and like he was on our Space Jam episode. Yes, one of a former guest. Uh, I mean, we'll talk to you off mic about this. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm because you know we have this tradition of giant Japanese fighting monster things. Yes, kaiju. Kaiju. Yeah. yeah, that also appear to some extent, I guess, with the Zord. Zord what are they called? Zoids. Zords. Zords. Yeah, Zords. when they combine all their animals to make the one big animal that fights ooze at the end. I was reminded a lot of Pacific Rim because that's, you know, what they're doing with the kaiju, sort of. And I really like that movie. Yeah, you're waiting, you're waiting, it's the big, you know, it's the big money shot. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I was kind of waiting for more of a money shot, but never really happened. Oh, my one, I, the other thing I'll praise this movie for, though, is, uh, is the lighting. <laughs> oh. On the CGI? I'm really reaching. I just, like, <laughs> like not on the CGI. The CGI looks terrible. Uh, I the, did like the inside the Zord purple. set. Uz's oh, purple yeah. purple lighting always. Mm-hmm. Ivan Uz's is really good. Okay. I, I, liked, I liked the inside the Zord set, because they did have a set for, like, inside the head of the thing, where they're all just hanging out at, like, 
computer terminals. Oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Um, and this must be a problem with the, the TV show and with the Japanese version as well. Um, but it was very distracting to me that they were gesticulating so wildly while they were piloting robots. I know, because so I thought that that on the TV show, I thought they had to do that so to make them fight. Like, because on the show, wouldn't the Zord be holding like a sword and they would all sort of move their arms in the way that the sword would move? I Is don't that, remember am I making that. that I don't remember that. They but definitely, there was no... There was no set seeming control scheme. Okay. Well, and I, but, so I get, like, gesticulating in, in place of facial acting when you don't have a face. Like, when you're wearing a mask, you have to, like, move your arms around, like, we gotta go over there, team, let's do it, like, fist pump and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I get that. But you're at a joystick in a Falcon jet, and you yeah. can't be doing that stuff. They were, though. They were, like, and all synchronized. Like, really, I, you're not seeing, but it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, they, they did a lot of, like, the bring the fist up and then bring it down like yeah and I don't know how to I'm doing it now but you can't see me and, so and just, also you'd have that wind whipping sound yeah. every time anyone does anything yeah. which did make me laugh the whole time I guess we could talk about the fact that so they're in in the face of the Zord and uh, Aisha reaches over to press the emergency button and all the all their emergency button does is knee a robot in the balls yeah <laughs> I love this down in my notes and I was looking at it during the break and I couldn't figure out what it was about and oh. now I know what it and is. And ooze has genitalia is right. also the thing. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I wrote in my notes was emergency crotch shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deploy the last ditch effort. It's ah. literally like break in case of in case of glass like emergency set, and then it, she just goes Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and that's what that's what Ivan Ooze is undone by getting kicked in his balls and I mean, sort of into a comet and then he explodes. The patriarchy, I guess? Yeah. There's no way that that's, that's another generous extraction. <laughs> I'm making it about that. Can I just read another Roger Ebert quote? <laughs> Please do. Uh, okay. Uh, he's just talking about how they don't get their real powers until they turn into faceless clones in Power Rangers uniforms with plastic masks and helmets. Is that the message? Faceless conformity is the way to success? Certainly the rangers are not individuals in or out of uniform, but I wonder if they don't represent a triumph of merchandising over creativity. <laughs> I mean, he's not brought that's yeah. less ridiculous. To be fair, uh, they have color-coded products. That's what he says they are. Basically. Yeah, but one of them has little cat ears. Yeah. 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 I like that. I nice? like it. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we're going to um, go to break. When we come back, we will do our uh, final thoughts and ratings. Thanks for sticking with us. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Bye. You know the deal. It's at Kids Table Pod on Twitter or it's Kids Table Pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think via comments. And also, don't forget to subscribe and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Back to the episode now. Bye. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> uh, so, who wants to lead? Why don't you lead? Okay. Um, <laughs> as a child, um, gosh, I would give this movie maybe like. A two? No, I'm going to give it a three as a kid, because I think as somebody, if I had to, like, throw back my, my consciousness to being a child in 95, then uh, I think the CGI stuff that I hated would be cool again, and um, I liked the, I liked Ooze, I liked Ivan Ooze's character design, and um, I think I would have just been more, like, excited about all the bad karate. <laughs> and as an adult, this movie, I kind of am in line with the Roger Ebert sentiments I've been reading. <laughs> it's just, it's, 
It's fine. It's <laughs> I give it like a I give it like a one and a half. Like it's just like it's it's pretty contentless. I think Paul Freeman, God bless him, is is the movie. Like he at least understands what it is and brings a kind of like theatrical joy to his performance. It occurs to me that I need to start keeping track of the ratings that we give it so that I can then, like, call you on things. Yeah, not, there's no consistent, like, we have yeah. a scale, but, like, I don't know. My reasoning always alters. Uh, but, yeah, so th- that's what I think about it. Great. Uh, Victoria? Um, yeah, I'm actually gonna do a similar rating. Um, I would say three out of five for a kid, just because, obviously, I am very susceptible to the episodic power team uh, versus Japanese monster men Aesthetic, like just in general, clearly, um, it was a very important part of my childhood in other ways. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like there isn't much to this movie. There's not a whole lot of character growth or really honestly funny moments. Um, there's just sort of not much going on. So yeah, I would go, (laughs) I would go three out of five for that. And as an adult, yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to say I want to be nice and say two out of five just because I did have fun making fun of it. <laughs> I know that's not the point of movies for the most part, but um, I like I like watching bad movies and I like being able to riff on them uh, and I have a lot of fun with that. So this is good bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's not it's not upsetting. It's not like Pixels. This is not <laughs> this is not <laughs> Ladybugs. I had to watch Pixels in a theater, and then oh. I had to go the next day to a David Buster's for a press junket and yeah. ask all of them questions it, about it. It makes so much sense oh, that the press junket for Pixels was at David it Buster's. It was the worst press junket I've ever been to because it was loud, and you could hear everybody else's questions, and you could hear every single response Peter Dinklage had to anybody who asked him a Jon Snow question, which I was about to. Uh, also, did you see that amazing memed? dead-eyed picture of Adam Sandler at the premiere. He <laughs> oh, just God. Like he wants to kill himself. He was pretty dead-eyed when I talked to him, too. So, yeah. Yes. So it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like I need to leave this theater immediately and just rage punch someone into the sky. Uh, it wasn't that. It was fun. It was relatively inoffensive. So I'll, I'll go two out of five. Cool. Um, so as a kid, I was very into Hercules, Xena, uh, shows that took place on rocky landscapes in New Zealand, <laughs> like part of this movie did. Um, I really liked Highlander, so I feel like this just and also, does anyone else remember the Purple Ooze episodes of Ghost Rider? Oh my god, yes, yes. So I was very into Purple Ooze. So um, really, I feel like this would have done a th- at least a three for me. It wouldn't. It was no Beauty and the Beast. It was no Princess Bride, but I think a solid three uh, would have been allowed. As an adult, um, this is not the ladybugs, which listeners of this podcast will know. The nadir of the whole, <laughs> our whole viewing list so far. Ladybugs is really, that is, uh, that's the movie we're looking to beat in terribleness. <laughs> and I don't think we're going to get there at least until we meet like a, a Bill Cosby uh, 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 starring, starring feature. <laughs> like, ghost dad. Oh, God. Um, oh. Anyway... So yeah, this was not as bad as that. I if the entire movie had kept up with the pace of the beginning of the film, with the the skydiving and the rollerblading and the soundtrack, yeah, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I feel like, but it just fell off, and I wasn't invested enough in the characters to care if whether or not they got their powers back. Um, yeah, it was still ponderous without having really any 
yeah. extra bit to it, which yeah. is weird. So I'm going to go with a two out of five. It, it was, like, fine. It was fun. I feel like I learned something about... A, Wait, what? Yeah. What did you learn? Please. I now feel prepared to go enjoy a Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks movie in March. Yeah, you guys better do a good job this time. I don't know what <laughs> y'all are going to do with this property that you have. I think, listen, those trailers look pretty pretty impressive. I'm kind of excited. I got a little thrill when I saw that that two-minute trailer. They're getting, it looks gritty. It yeah. looks like they're just doing the gritty thing. I don't like Elizabeth Banks' Rita Repulsa sexiness. I want no. her to be wearing, because if anybody can do that over-the-top ridiculous vibe that the actress who played the voice, and just in general, like, her Rita Repulsa's whole thing is just like, ah! and like <laughs> yeah, she's good. Elizabeth Banks could do that. She's like one of the very few A-listers, her and like maybe Kate McKinnon, who could just like, <laughs> like just knock it out of the park there. Uh, but she's not gonna. She's gonna be sexy. And yeah. I, don't, I don't want that. No, Rita Repulsa should be wearing like Viking horn things and like giant crinolines and like. <laughs> yeah. And, and Xena bra. She should have shit. to pick up her train as yeah. she's running around trying to beat up her henchmen. Yeah, I, like, I know I just made fun of the lack of characterization, but I do feel like hamminess is the key and not yes. uh, nuance. Yeah, 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 I think both Ryan Cranston and Elizabeth Banks can bring the hamminess. I don't know a thing about these other actors because they're all um, newcomers and like young whippersnappers. One of them was in a Disney Channel movie, I think. Is that Becky G? Who I um the I think she's the Pink Ranger. I think she was in Lemonade Mouth. Okay. I'm pulling this out of my butt. I don't know cool. off the top of my head, but I have seen Lemonade Mouth. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. You're you're better off. Um. So yeah, those are our, that. Th- those those are our Power Rangers thoughts. You don't have to see this movie as a as a twenty something. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You, you're all set. Yeah. Just enjoy. The new one, and and you can write to us and let us know uh, what you think about the new one compared to the old one. You can do that. Um, Although, if you can find a clip of the animal spirit guide bestowing scene, that's worth it. That's pretty ridiculous. That's just fair. for the frog. <laughs> yeah, just for the frog and for the fact that in a children's movie, this woman is walking around in a oh, G-string God. and, like, Straight a up Something for daddy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get something in there for the adults. <laughs> um, anyway, so tell us your thoughts. Um, you can do that at Kids Table Pod on Twitter. That's at Kids Table Pod, or you can write to us um, at Kids Table at, sorry, Kids Table Pod at gmail.com. That's the email address. It's Kids Table Pod at gmail.com. Um, you should uh, subscribe to us on the interwebs, on the iTunes, and you should rate and review and all that good shit. Uh, ladies, ladies first and guests first, uh, what would you like to, where can we find you? Oh boy. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at VQ Nerdballs, N-E-R-D-B-A-L-L-S. So yeah, Nerdballs. Uh, it's a 30 Rock reference. It's <laughs> ridiculous and dorky, but I'm verified, so I can't change it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and you can find my work at a bunch of different places. Uh, mostly Nerdist right now, although that might change soon. Check out my Twitter and learn more. Great. Cool. Yeah. Matt, uh, let me pull your teeth out. So no, 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 it's good. I'm good at it now. <laughs> uh, I don't have much going on. There's this, uh, but I also have a, uh, a comic that I hand draw. 
uh, about the Trix Rabbit, um, and it's set in a dystopian sci-fi future. And uh, I'll be uh, almost done with it in the next couple months. Oh, wow, you've made some progress. Uh, so just go to uh, trixcomic.tumblr.com. Matt's on Tumblr, refuses to be on Twitter, but he's on Tumblr. Yeah. Matt, you should look into Squarespace. It's just an easy-to-use CMS, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm also, I have a Squarespace. It's uh, victoriamcnally.com, and that's, more of my writing is there. But mostly Twitter. Awesome. Cool. Stepping on my Squarespace. (laughs) (laughs) I am not good at this. It's fine. We we can all find Matt's comic about the Trix Rabbit at... Trixcomic.tumblr.com. Great. Yay. And he, I like to tag him on his Twitter, which is Matthew Torpy. Sure. <laughs> What's your stuff? Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Kendra James underscore. Um, you can like find some of my old writing at Lenny Letter and Cosmo and L and other places such as those. Um, I have a new thing up on Lenny Letter that's like only 300 words, but it's sweet and it's about my grandma, so you could go read it. Aww. Um, and um, you should all visit Shondaland.com and put your email address in because that's awesome. And you should do that. Can I just leave everyone with what the Power Rangers said during the emotional sort of low point when they're all not wondering, sure, if they're going to be able to save Zordon. Uh, and they, they've lost their Zords, and it's, we may not have our powers, but we're still the Power Rangers. <laughs> They're not, though. They're just the Rangers. You fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's hopeless, kids. Uh, if you don't have the thing that makes you special, you're not special. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.